theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. Come on all over this house, from the front to the back, side to side. Somebody put those hands together for Jesus. There's nobody like him. He's the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's the great I am. He's the lily of the valley, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is our blessed Savior, our blessed hope. He is the one who is alive forevermore because he defeated death, hell, and the grave, and he has the keys. Somebody ought to give him praise. Somebody ought to magnify him because he's here in this house. He's here to do the supernatural. He's here to heal. He's here to deliver. He's here to restore. He is here. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you praise. And we give you glory. Praise God. I'm so thankful for the presence of the Lord and what I feel in this place today. My name is Akil Thompson. I'm the pastor here at Extraordinary Church, and we are the perfect church for imperfect people. It is indeed good to be back together in our, this is our fifth, no, our sixth in-person of the year, first after this lockdown. It's good to be back together. Somebody ought to give God praise. I'm going to join you. Because he's faithful. Because he kept you. Because you're still here. If the devil would have had his way, he would have taken you out. But God, who is rich in mercy, praise God. We're still here. And I am so excited to preach to you today. I'm going to continue preaching what God has laid on my heart the next little bit. But I do want you to know, uh, listen, you know what? Have a seat because I'll have you praise God. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, but I do want you to know that beginning next Sunday, we will return to two worship experiences at 1 and at 3 p.m. Yeah. We'll do this at 1 and at 3 and registration will open every Monday evening at 6 p.m. So the link never changes. You can use that link and register again for one or a 3 p.m. worship experience. Our e-kids, our e-kids will continue virtually until July 4th. And July 4th, we will have in-person for our kids as well. And that'll be at one o'clock. So all of our families at one o'clock, if you want your children to be a part, make sure you register for the one o'clock in that regard. Ways that you can be informed and connected and engaged. We want everybody to download the Extraordinary Church app. It's a great way to stay informed, connected, and engaged. And one of the things that we do at our in-person worship experience, we give you an opportunity to respond to the preaching. And we'll do that at the conclusion of this. As a matter of fact, some of our pastoral staff and others uh, not everybody will have an opportunity to come and gather up at the front, but as we're just responding to the presence of God, somebody might come by and just lay their hand on your shoulder ever so gently and appropriate just to pray with you uh, and to declare the word of the Lord over your life. And then at the conclusion of our worship experience today, uh, and I'm going to invite everybody that's watching live to stick around with us too, we're going to have a few baptisms in the name of Jesus Christ. And we celebrate that. We also want you to know that if you've yet to take that next step in your faith journey and you're ready to take that step, then we can have four or five or six or seven, eight baptisms. We've got it all covered and we can do it today. We can do it today if you'd like to do so. Just simply let myself know or Pastor Mateo, why don't you stand up? Pastor Barry, why don't you stand? You let one of these gentlemen know you want to be baptized and we'll get you taken care of. 
also if you're watching online if you'd like someone to pray with you just let us know so dm us on any of our social media platforms or while you're watching there live in the comments and we will get you taken care of let's open up our bibles to the book of matthew chapter 16 verse 13 i am going to continue i've been preaching the kingdom for the last several weeks the kingdom the kingdom the kingdom and i'm going to continue preaching the kingdom today i, I want to tell you right out of the gate if you're with us today praise god i'm so glad you're with us you don't want to miss next week as well because this is like a series within a series <laughs> you gotta you gotta you gotta get this next week too i'm telling you it's going to change your life Let's look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. And uh, I'm going to read this out of the New King James. If you don't have a Bible, it's okay. You can look at the screen. If you want to stand, you can stand. If you want to sit, you can sit. Makes me no difference. Let's look at this. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, uh, so they said Some say John the Baptist some Elijah and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets he said to them but who do you say that I am Simon Peter answered and said you are the Christ the son of the living God Jesus answered and said to him blessed are you Simon Barjona for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father who is in heaven and I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whew. Those are some keys you got to have. The keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And I want to preach this for the next couple of weeks in this kingdom series. The church defined the church defined would you join with me in prayer lord jesus i thank you that we have been granted the authority to preach the message of the kingdom of christ here in mississauga and the greater toronto area i praise you that as we preach this message there's going to be a manifestation of the message and that your kingdom is going to be demonstrated in us and through us for your glory thank you for the opportunity to gather together today in person thank you for building your church thank you for the baptisms thank you in advance for the healings and the restoration that's going to take place today in Jesus name would you clap your hands and say amen praise God praise God you may be seated and all of the the band didn't they do a great job today praise God all y'all can stick y'all can go except you sorry she's my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased praise God and you know she's she's driving now and so I'm relaxing praise God I'm relaxing, so we're going to let it just cruise. I can't wait till we can show enough travel. I can really kick back and relax. How many of you know it's good to be a part of a family? I hope everyone in this building understands that you, especially if you consider Extraordinary Church to be home, you are more than just a member. You are more than just a number, as a matter of fact. You are a part of the family of God. It doesn't matter how well you don't fit in in other places in society. The kingdom of God is a great place to find your place. I want you to know you belong here. You might not have, you might not fit in the who's who's club and you might not have a membership to a country club, but I want you to know you belong here at Extraordinary Church. Conservative, liberal, makes no difference. There's a place for you here at Extraordinary Church. I want you to know no matter who you are, no matter who is sitting in this room today, you may think the church is not for you. You've tried church and maybe the church hurt you and people perhaps in the church hurt you. But can I tell you, a church might have hurt you, but the church of Jesus Christ is not a hurting people. We don't hurt people. As a matter of fact, the church of Jesus Christ should be a loving people and a loving place. I'm going to say that again. The church of Jesus Christ should be a loving people 
and a loving place. You're going to get a smile even though you can't see it. You're going to get a fist bump or an elbow bump, a toe, I don't know what it is, but we're going to let you know that we love you here at Extraordinary Church because we are a part of the body of Christ. Brown people are welcome here. Black people are welcome here. White people are welcome here. Oh my God, the old are welcome here. The young are welcome here. The educated, the uneducated makes me no difference. This is a place for imperfect people. You belong and are safe. You can call me optimistic if you want because we're meeting in person again for the first time in a long time. But I wanted to let somebody know, I believe, Rochelle, today's a new season. I want you to I, I call, call it optimism, but it's a new season. Praise God. I'm not going back. I feel like today somebody needs to understand you're in a new season. I'm telling you, you made it through this thing. I'm telling you, you're stronger than you think you are. I'm telling you that God's plans for you are to bless you, to prosper you, to do a great work in your life. Some of you, some of you are going to find that a new season brings a new place. You're going to try to figure out. I'm, I'm just trying to encourage someone because before I jump into this, I, I want you to know it's time to get back to it. I feel like sometimes the church has been distracted. It's time for us to get back to work. Can I tell you, this season is going to be different. Can I just tell you, for those who are kind of tentative and hesitant, uh, hesitant, reticent, if you will, you're not going to get hurt in the church. You're going to grow in the church. And I'm not just saying that because we're the place. I'm trying to get you to understand and let God open your understanding and give you this revelation that his kingdom is the place that you are going to grow and flourish. We're loved and you're loved and we love you. We're honored that you're here today. And I want you to know that Jesus Christ is going to move. For the last several weeks, I've been preaching about the kingdom. And this is not the first time you've heard me preach on the kingdom. As a matter of fact, you've heard me say this on a number of occasions. I'm, I'm really unable lately in my prayer life to be able to lean into the presence of God without declaring your kingdom come, your will be done. I'm fully convinced that the kingdom of God is the centerpiece message of Extraordinary Church as we come into alignment with the kingdom this year. And I've been praying, I've been praying for you. God, help us to get a revelation of the kingdom and that we begin to understand that our idea of church is really not the idea that Jesus had at all. See, our ideas about church are sometimes, hear me, don't anybody get mad. I know this is our first time back, but I'm going to preach this thing. Our, our ideas about church are sometimes in direct conflict and contradiction with the idea that Jesus had about us when he established his kingdom on earth. If I'm convinced of anything, it's that sometimes as I read the word of God and what I see, what Christ intended for the people of God to become, I look at the current state of where we are as a people of God. There is a great gulf or chasm, a great separation in what he declared and what we are demonstrating. And it is my conviction that one reason, one reason we don't demonstrate properly the kingdom is because who he wants us to be is because that we, men and women, hear me, God who preached the word, I'm talking about myself here, who preached the word are not preaching the message that produces the manifestation of the one who called us to be. It's time the church, talking about the global, the universal church, preach the kingdom. I, oh no, I forgot to time myself. Praise God. That, that was a 10 minute bonus. That was a 10 minute, because I'm here to preach the kingdom till it gets in our spirit. I'm here to preach the kingdom until we see a manifestation. I'm here to preach the kingdom until we see revival in Mississauga and the greater Toronto, Hamilton area. I'm here to preach the kingdom until there's great joy. I'm here to preach the kingdom until the lame get up and walk, the blinded eyes are open and deaf ears are stopped. I'm here to preach the kingdom. Come on and give him praise. 
You see, if we can only understand many times why we don't demonstrate it in the earth is because the potential of who we really are as born again believers. I don't believe we understand who we really are. And it's because of who you don't, you don't, we're in this identity crisis. I've said this before, princess, it's, we're not in a financial crisis. We're not in a moral crisis. We're in an identity crisis. If the church would ever wake up and realize who we are in Jesus Christ, I'm going to preach this thing. But see, I, I know some of y'all, I'm not trying to, if we're not careful, uh, sometimes preachers and teachers can try to coddle our carnality, if you will, and tell you how wonderful you are. And let me just tell you, I, yeah, I love every single one of you, but the truth of the matter is we all jacked up. And if I continue to just preach only things that coddle your flesh and pacify a carnal mindset, hear me, you just need to know, we already jacked up. This is why we declare and teach and preach no perfect people allowed, okay? But what I need us to understand is this, and this is why, this is why. The reality of it is, it's not the good stuff in us that makes us attractive. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. If you would understand that, see, it's not your education, it's not your financial resources, it's not who you're connected to or your relationships, it's the God in you. The Bible says that we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency may not be of us, but of him. This is why Paul in Acts chapter 14, he's preaching, you can read it, he's preaching the word of God, Jordan, and as he's preaching the word of God, he looks and there's somebody that has faith. And as he's preaching, this man who has been lame from birth, he was crippled, never walked in his life. Paul recognizes he has faith. And right in the middle of his preaching, Paul tells him, stand up in the name of Jesus Christ and walk. The man gets up and walks and the people are so astounded. They're so befuddled. They're so dumbfounded. They begin to say that Paul and Barnabas are gods. And Paul looks at them and rebukes them in a loving, compassionate way and says, no, 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 no. This, we, we, this is not of man. This is of God. I'm trying to tell you that we, God wants to get us into alignment so that we are seeing miracles, signs, and wonders. But they won't look at us and say, look what Pastor Mateo did or look what Sarah did. We'll say, no, no, no. It's the God in me who does the work. It's Jesus Christ. He is alive and well. He is the healer. He is the restorer. He is the deliverer. Praise God. Praise God. It's in him. It's in him. It's in him. It's not in us. I don't care how spiritual you claim to be, how powerful you are in the spirit, how anointed you are. If you don't know that on your best day, your righteousness is as filthy rags. If you forget for one single solitary moment that you got to pull up and put on your own pants and you got to put on your own shoes and you got to brush your teeth and you had to get rid of that bad breath. If you ever forget that it's not you, but it's the Christ in you. If you ever forget that, you'll, 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 you'll never maximize the potential that God has for you on this earth. It's always been about Jesus. It'll never stop being about Jesus. And the problem is we don't know who we are sometimes. And sometimes it's because we forget it's Christ in us. Oh. See, the pulpit has tried to address these issues. Let, let, let me, we've tried to address these issues, and please understand my heart here. Uh, I, but it's the gospel. It's the gospel that changes lives. Don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm all about encouragement, praise God. I'm going to encourage you. The gospel is good news, praise God. But you know what? It's not, and I'm not minimizing a 12-step program. I thank God for them. But it's not a 12-step program. It's not a, I'm not minimizing Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm not minimizing Narcotics Anonymous. Those things are helpful and have their own rightful place. But you need to understand today, those things are not transforming your lives. I'm telling you what will transform your life. It's the Word of God. 
It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that will change your life. You and I need to be born again. We don't need just encouragement. We need transformation. And, and the crazy thing about transformation is transformation will bring encouragement. We need transformation. We need the power of God to show up in our lives and do a work. I've told folks this. I'll never stop saying it. I wasn't re-educated. I wasn't rehabilitated. I haven't been reformed. But when I was filled with his spirit and baptized in his name, I have been recreated. Is there anybody that's been recreated in this house? People can't get their mind around it, but God did it. God's the one who took you off of drugs. God's the one who pulled you out of alcoholism. God's the one who took you out of pornography. God's the one who took you out of bitterness. It was Him. Praise God. Praise God. See, see, encouragement doesn't always produce change. Some people don't need you just to encourage them. Some people need to be preached. Now hear me. There's a way to do it. But you got to preach the truth in love. So that they can see the insufficiency in their own heart and say, what must I do to be saved? Is this okay this afternoon? See, we, we cannot keep shouting and dancing. Y'all going to get mad at me. We cannot keep shouting and dancing on uncrucified flesh. And wonder why we have no power to cast out devils, heal the sick, or to raise the dead. My God, I'm, Jesus, I'm trying to calm down. I'm ready to preach this thing all over the street. I'm here to let you know that if we would get our flesh under control and let God do something supernatural in our lives, it would turn our worlds upside down. And here's the thing. You know what? Transformation, it doesn't always make me feel good, but it leaves me better. And sometimes I need to be transformed and not just encourage. Now, let me be clear. I just want to say this real quick because I'm not mad. I ain't mad at anybody. And I'm glad you're all here. We're going to do this twice next Sunday. You know what? And you all know I'll do it at 1 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock. You know, soon I'll be doing it three times anyway till we figure all this stuff out. It's not about that. But what I want you to understand is you are, and I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be encouraged. The gospel is good news. The gospel is good news. I'm not here to beat you up. I'm not here to beat you up. And what I won't do, I'm not that guy who's going to get up here and rail on my little weekly soapbox because I'm upset about the pizza I ate last night. I'm here to encourage you. I want you to be hope-filled. I want you to be faith-filled, but I also want to see you transformed. Praise God. I want to see us all transformed. So let me, let me hurry up. Praise God. There's just, I, I, I wanted to get that in your spirit because there's some people. I believe God has sent me to help liberate some folks. Now, here's what I want you to know. We have to know who we are. This is really important. You don't have to turn there, but just make a note in your, in your mind. I'm going to go back and read, when you have a minute, the latter part of Genesis and the first part of Exodus. The Bible says when we begin to close the book of Genesis, we have Joseph in Egypt. And Joseph is reigning as a viceroy or a vice president of Egypt, if you will. And he has great favor with Pharaoh. Many of you know the story. Uh, and he has this favor with Pharaoh. And the people of God enjoyed the favor of in Egypt, the favor of God in Egypt. The crazy thing is they went in as a family, but they came out as a nation. <laughs> That's a message in and of itself. They went in as a family, but came out as a nation. There was great favor on them in Egypt. However, there arose a Pharaoh over Egypt who knew not Joseph. In other words, there's a new leadership in Egypt now. And this Pharaoh doesn't treat God's people, Israel, with the same kind of affection and favor from the a previous Pharaoh that treated them. And when he looks at the people of God, don't miss this now, he looks at the people of God in Exodus chapter 1 and he tells his leadership team, his viceroy and all of his leaders, we've got to do something about this Israel. There are more of them than there are of us. 
They are mightier than we are. This is what the Pharaoh said about Israel. He looked at God's people and he said, they are greater and they are mightier than we are. And before they find that out, we need to make them our slaves. Now, what Israel did not know is that while they were building brick, making a kingdom for Pharaoh in Egypt, while they were slaves, feeling the whip of the taskmaster being, as they were being bit, beaten in their own back, they were mightier than the enemy that was enslaving them. Are you hearing me this afternoon? There are people in this room that the Holy Ghost is here to liberate. You don't know it, but you're mightier than you think you are. I thought I'd get a little bit more help on that one. That's okay. In fact, your enemy knows something about you that you might not already know yourself. And when you get this revelation in your spirit, you'll recognize that not one family curse from your past has the ability to reach up and grab you and take you backwards. When you recognize this revelation, no matter what your mother said about you, no matter what your father said about you, they might have told you what you couldn't do. They might have told you what you would never do, but their family tree might have said one thing. But if you ever understand who you are in Jesus Christ, oh my God, if you ever get what I'm teaching today, if what I'm preaching today, it will help you understand that not one demon, not one enemy, not one power of darkness can stop what God is up to. Whew, Jesus. My God, I'm preach this thing. What I want to know is how is it that you are losing sleep? How is it that you are claiming you're depressed? Do you not know who you are? You are my God. Do you not know who you are in Jesus Christ? As a matter of fact, the moment you wake up and you put your foot down on the ground, you are the devil's worst nightmare. You ought to open up your mouth and say, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Do you not know who you are? You are not a weak need victim. You have not been overcome but you are an overcomer. You are the head and not the tail. You are the lender and not the borrower. You are mighty in him. Come on and give him praise. My God, you're the one being terrorized. Stop being terrorized and start inflicting terror. You're a child of the king. Walking around letting the enemy beat you up. You know why? Because we don't know who we are in Christ. My God, I got to hurry up. That's why I told you it got to be two parts. I did not even got started yet. Praise God. We've been talking about the kingdom. See, the kingdom is this. If you're going to have a kingdom, there's four things that you got to have. Number one, you got to have a king. See, you got to have a king. You got to have a king. <laughs> Number two. See, now, let me just back up. I'm not going to preach this because I already preached this, but how many of you know our king wasn't voted in? <laughs> he wasn't elected, amen, praise God. He is king. He's the king of kings and Lord of lords. There's nobody like King Jesus, praise God. He's the alpha and omega. He's the beginning and the end. He is the one who was alive forevermore. The second thing, though, is if you're going to have a kingdom... You got to have a territory. You have to have a territory to rule over. So let me just help you out and inform you. Mississauga is his territory. Brampton is his territory. Milton is his territory. Oakville is his territory. Burlington is his territory. Hamilton is his territory. Toronto is his territory. Etobicoke is his territory. Scarborough is his territory. Vaughn is his territory. The earth... The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I'm here to tell you, Ottawa is his territory. I'm here to tell you, Washington, D.C. is his territory. I'm here to tell you, wherever you put your foot, God's going to give it to you. It's his. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So, you got a king. You got to have a kingdom. You got to have a you got to have a domain. Then the next thing you got to have is governing documents. See, these are the governing documents. 
It's the Charter of Rights. I'm an American, so it's my constitution. It's my constitution. Some of y'all turning your head like, he's American? Oh, God. Don't leave. Praise God. Praise God. Jordan said, I'm a Canadian now. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. But you gotta have you gotta have governing documents because the governing documents communicate the kind of expectation you should have when living in the kingdom. So get your Bible, get your Bible out. If you don't have your Bible, it's okay. Get your get your Bible out. Open up the Bible app. Open up your phone and turn on your Bible app. Open up the Bible app. Praise God. If you don't have your Bible, it's okay. It's okay. Get get out get out the Bible app. Open it up. Put it in the air. Praise God. I want you to repeat after me. This is the word of God. These are the governing documents of the kingdom. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. And I can be what it says I can be. If you believe that, give him praise. Okay. So we've established one, two, three. Number four is, if you're going to have all that, you, go, you got to have citizens. <laughs> you can't have a kingdom without citizens of the kingdom. You can have a king and a land, but if you don't have any people, you're missing the entire purpose of the kingdom. <laughs> but before we can ever find out who we are, he wants to know who we think he is. See, because the revelation of identity you and I are on, the conquest to find is only unlocked when we find him. So, Pastor Akil, how can you say this? Because Jesus didn't say, first, Simon, Peter, this is who you are. The first thing he did was, Simon, who do you say that I am? Peter, I, I know you're confused if you know anything about the life of Peter. I know you have high highs and low lows. I know you're up one minute, you're down the next. But Peter, what I want to know is, who do you say that I am? See, before I can fix you and your identity, what the Lord is saying is, I need you to tell me who you think I am. Because if you don't know who I am, Peter, I can never fix who you think you are. We've got it confused. See, people in church trying to tell people who Jesus is, and they don't even know who Jesus is themselves. And if you don't know who Jesus is, you don't have a revelation, a principle, or a concept that can change anybody's corrupt nature. You have to know who Jesus is. And the only way you can become who he created you to be is to know who he is. So who do you say Jesus is? Have you ever asked somebody who they think Jesus is? It's amazing. Come on, I'm, I'm, I'm just talking about in the mall. Can we go to malls yet, by the way? Praise God, can we? I don't know. I'm getting conf conflicting information, praise God. But I'm not talking about in the malls. I'm talking about in the church. Who do you say Jesus is? Who do you say? People get it all twisted and mixed up all the time. You'd be amazed at the responses. You're, well, is he a, was he a religious leader? Was he a prophet? Was he a teacher? Is he man? Is he God? Let me tell you what the word says in Isaiah 9 and 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful. Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 3. I'm reading verse 14 intentionally because I want you to understand. If you get this in context, Paul is telling them you'll understand how to operate. He says, these things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly. But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourselves in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. Here it is. Paul says, if you get this and you understand this, you'll know how to operate in the church. 
What is he saying? And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached amongst the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received into glory. I'm talking about Jesus Christ is God. God all by himself. There's nobody to his right. There's nobody to his left. The heavens are his throne and the earth is his footstool. He is the mighty God. And if you know that, give him praise. See, our problem is we haven't preached him big enough yet. We talk more about who we are without having declared who he is. And because we don't know who he is, we don't know who we are. I recently sat down with my kids and we were talking a little bit about my family tree. Ended up having a late, just last, was the last week, baby? Yeah, we were talking to grandpa and they were looking at videos of me when I was, praise God, I'm like eight, so I'm just, you know, just running around this, 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 this big. Singing, just head as big as all get out. Singing in the little school choir. I don't know what was going on. We having fun though. And I was telling them about my great-great-grandmother or my great-grandmother. And we were looking at the lineage and the history. And we were listening to some audio that my dad had of my great-grandmother, whom I had met but my kids had. And we were looking at my grandmother on my maternal side. And they had not met her. And I was showing them videos. It was just it was fascinating. And I looked into our family tree. As a matter of fact, my wife... A couple of years ago uh, bought me this thing via ancestry.com and it was wonderful because it let me understand a bit more of my heritage and specifically where they suspected I would be from and they give you this percentage breakdown I was very intrigued by it and one of the things that I wanted to know is uh, why do I have some of these inclinations and proclivities that I have why do I have certain passions why am I interested in certain things and there's some people in church themselves today who are wondering who their heavenly father is you know what I don't look a lot like my father some people think I do but one thing I do know I got from my dad it's that Thompson knot I got that head that that that, that only a Thompson can have praise God and so I look a lot like my mother in that regard. But you know what? There are so many things Sarah would tell me just even recently. And I might be on the verge or precipice of doing it now. She said, man, I can't tell you how many times when you get going, you sound just like Ernest Thompson. But see, here's what I want you to understand. If you don't know Jesus in your heart by being born again through faith, you can never become everything that God called you to be. Because the revelation of who you are in Christ can never first come until you know who Christ is in you. See, he says to Peter, who do you say that I am? Who do you? So who do you say that he is? Who is he to you? Think about it for a moment. Praise God. Because when Peter responds, he says, you, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus responds, not shocked, not even astonished, but he steps back a little bit and he says, something's happening, Peter, because you're understanding something. He says, flesh and blood hath not revealed this to you. See, what just happened when Peter made that declaration? He stepped into the revelation zone. He says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. In other words, the Spirit of God has revealed this to you. And because of this understanding, let me tell you who you are, Peter. Stick with me because you got to hang with me here. He, Jesus answered him and said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, hell, shall not prevail against it. Now, this is crazy, okay? But the name Simon Bar-Jonah literally means the son of Jonah. Bar is a prefix, okay, meaning son of. So Bar means son of, in this case, Jonah. Jonah is in the Old Testament. If you look it up, it is a word that means dove. 
Don't miss this, okay? What he was saying is, you're the son of a dove. Now, the dove appears in many instances throughout Scripture. But the first time it appears, check this out. The dove appears as a symbol and a tool in both the Old and New Testament. The dove first appears, though, in Genesis, playing a key role in the life of Noah, the last of the great patriarchs. You can read about it in Genesis 6 through 9. And it details how humanity universally fell away from God and into sin, everybody except Noah and his family. God sends a flood to destroy the world and start over, but instructed Noah to build an ark to save his wife, sons, and daughter-in-laws, and two of every kind of animal. After the rains, those on the ark waited for a sign. The waters were receding for many months, a year. The Bible relates that in order for the te to test the land, Noah sends out a raven first to see if there was land. But there was nowhere for the raven to perch or to nest, so it returned. He then sent out a dove who also returned. Finally, though, after sending a dove again, she found somewhere to land and did not return. Watch this now. God shows Noah through the dove, that his family had a future and that his patience was going to be rewarded. Literally, whew, Jesus Christ, help me, Lord. Literally what the Lord is saying here, he says, hey, Peter, son of a dove, I'm giving you the keys and I'm giving you a message that you're going to be able to preach that's going to give the church a future. <laughs> what is that future? Peter later stands up on the day of Pentecost. <sighs> you know what? Let's just do it. I'm going to proof this real quick. Because you want to know. You want to know the plans. You want to know the future. I want you to know through Peter's declaration. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. You and I have a future. Go to Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Watch this. And we can get ready. Praise God. Musicians, come on. Yeah, okay. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and no one sat upon each of them. Oh, excuse me. Go back. And one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, in other words, gave them the ability to speak. This began to be noised abroad all throughout the community. The Bible says that every nation under heaven was there. And they said to themselves, how is it that we hear these Galileans talk about how amazing God is? This is fascinating. They, they were like these Elamites. I mean, they're like Elamites there. I could go down the list. They're like, they don't know our language. They wondered. They wondered. And so Peter responds. He gets up and he starts preaching to them. He starts preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. This Jesus whom you both crucified, whom you crucified is both Lord and Christ. And he's preaching to them. And they're like, oh my God, I get it. We crucified the Lord. We have sinned. And they asked the question. Men. Brethren. Ladies. Children. What do we have to do? What do we have to do? So Peter. Looks at him. In verse 38. <laughs> and he says. This is the dove. This is Peter preaching, you have a future. This is Peter telling you, hope is here. This is Peter telling you, your past can be behind you. This is Peter telling you, new life is here. This is Peter telling you, hope is here. This is Peter telling you, the ordinary is gone and the extraordinary is here. This is Peter telling you, your time is now. And here's what he says, repent. Now, you might be wondering what repentance means. Let me just tell you. It simply says, you're simply saying, God, I'm sorry. And you want to live a life pleasing unto him. 
In other words, you're saying, you know what, like me, I, I tried alcohol, didn't work, tried drugs, tried promiscuity, all those things left me empty. I'm turning to you, Jesus. I, I, I was walking this way. I was trying all these pills. I was trying my own vices. I was trying academics. I was trying, you know what, this not working. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus. You might not even know to take the next step. You just turn around. Now, here's the thing. If you're even thinking about turning around, it's not because you're so spiritual. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that brings us to a place of repentance. This is why I'm so passionate about biblical preaching. Because if you're talking, if you read the Bible, there's not one perfect person in there except Jesus Christ. People who understand the Bible and are living out true biblical Christianity don't put on airs to impress people. You, you, as a matter of fact, when you see the broken and destitute, we run to them. So put it back up there. Praise God. Look at this. He said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Now, let me just be clear. The Bible says, you call me out, Pastor Mateo, if I'm wrong. The Bible says we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every, the Bible says, Pastor Bear, you correct me if I'm wrong, that we were born into sin. So everybody here has sinned. As a matter of fact, the Bible goes as far as to say, if you say you have no sin, you're a liar. And the truth is not in you. So we've all sinned. And Jesus Christ is the sacrifice for our sin. When you are baptized into him... The Bible says that you're putting on the name of Jesus Christ. You're being buried, and buried, right? Buried. You're being buried. It's that Southern Virginian in me. You're being buried in the name of Jesus Christ, and you're being raised to newness of life. Every sin you will have ever committed will be washed away. You'll feel light, and you'll feel free. And I'm telling the truth because we baptized. I've been baptized in Jesus' name. And when I was baptized in Jesus' name, I came up out of the water feeling light and free. Gloria, am I telling the truth? I am. Jacqueline, am I telling the truth? I am. Sarah, am I telling the truth? Mateo, am I telling the truth? I am telling the truth. I am telling you when you are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, your old past will be washed away. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. A future. A future. We're going to talk more about that future. But this is how you become a part of the body of Christ. Because you're probably wondering, well, how do I know I'm in? You're not in by signing a roll. You're not in because you faithfully attend. It starts with belief. John looked at, or excuse me, John. Jesus looked at Nicodemus in John chapter 3. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was a ruler of the Jews. Very well versed in scripture. He comes to Jesus at night. He said, Jesus, look, we know who you are. Nobody can do what you do unless you're God. He said, what I got to do? Jesus said, you must be born again. He said, well, what are, you, what are you talking about? Are you telling me I have to enter my mother's womb again? Jesus said, you must be born of the water and of the spirit. In other words, what was he saying? You have to be baptized. Jesus said it later. Those, if you are baptized, you shall be saved. If you are not baptized, you shall be damned. Read it. It's Mark 16, 16. You can read it on your own. But he said, you know what? And if you have to be born of the Spirit. And so, you know what? You might be like, born of the Spirit? How will I know I'm born of the Spirit? Well, you can feel the wind, Jesus says. Some of you right now can feel the presence of God. You, you can't see it, but you can feel it. He said, oh, what you feel, Nicodemus, it's going to be in you. 
he told him he told the disciples later he said I'm walking with you but the day is coming I'm going to be in you and so if you have not if you have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit it's evidenced by speaking in another language as the Spirit gives you the ability to speak now watch this I'm closing we can all stand praise God when my I was looking, you know, you know, y'all, everybody's got Google Photos, right? I use both, but Google Photos has like all my photos and it reminds me of stuff that happened in the past, like a week ago, a year ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. So showed up something today, I sent it to you too. I was like, look at the babies. Just, we had a little pony ride, praise God. We had Lincoln, it was Lincoln's birthday. Remember that? <laughs> and I was looking at Mia, she just, touching the horse and I was like oh my gosh that's my baby girl I remember holding her the moment she came out of the womb I was like nobody else is touching my baby first like y'all give her to me give her to me she belongs to me well before they did that they had to rub that bottom real good to make sure she was alive she began to cry if she didn't She'd be a stillborn. It's the same in the spirit. How do we know you're alive spiritually? You have to open up your mouth. But the spirit gives you the ability to speak. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to repent. All of us are going to repent. And we're going to begin to pray. Now something really important. You got to speak to God. Just like I'm speaking to you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.